0: Hey everybody, it is Nick Bradley here. Welcome to Scale Up for this week. So one of the questions that I get asked all the time is what does it take to create a billion dollar exit? Yes, I said B as in billion, not million. I get asked all the time. And you know what? It's it's one of those things that's not a simple thing to come back on because there are a lot of strategies that work There are a lot of different scenarios that you need to be prepared for. And to be frank, you've got to get timing right, which involves a bit of luck, right? You've got to get the market timing right because sometimes you can have a great idea that solves a huge problem in the world, but you're just too early or you're just a bit late and that can make a big difference in terms of how much traction you get. But the reason I get asked this a lot is, I have been involved in a few billion dollar exits. In fact, over my career, I've been involved in three. Now, it goes a long way back. Actually, the first one that I was involved in was back in around 2007, just before the big market crash. Actually, I worked for a big media company called EMAP, East Midlands Allied Press in the UK. In fact, the reason that I got to the UK was because I got seconded over by uh, EMAP, if you like, back in 2003 when I was working for the company's Australian division in Sydney. I spent about 10 years at EMAP in total, and progressed all the way up to marketing and strategy director at the end uh, across the whole specialist media division. Now, just to be clear, EMAP at that time was a, a behemoth in the media world. It was the second biggest consumer publishing group in the UK, had a B2B division, had a radio division, and I was overseeing the specialist media part, which was a, a an entity within the company, if you like, a, a group within the company that was doing over hundred million pounds in revenue. And I was involved in a lot of corporate strategy acquisitions, strategic partnerships, that sort of thing. So when the business was sold, I was involved a lot in the gearing and the restructuring of that division and also involved in, in some of the more senior leadership conversations up the chain as well and working with high-level consulting groups such as Boston Consulting Group, BCG, and McKinsey on how we were going to position and get the business ready for sale. One One of the most challenging things of that experience for me was that we had to take cost out of the business, and that involved a lot of redundancies and restructures, which was probably up there with one of the top, most painful things I've experienced in my career. But at the same time, I learned a lot about what motivates people. <laughs> I learned a lot about what motivates me. And I also learned a lot about how value is created in businesses in the right ways and also the wrong ways. So that was my first one. I left from there and went to Getty Images. And I think most of you know, cause I've spoken about it a few times on the show that I was involved in a few acquisitions there, quite a few actually, some big ones. Again, up into the nine figure range. And I came in just around the exit of the business the first time to a private equity fund, and then I was around uh, building up value to the next exit, which was another private equity exit. So that business is a, what do you call it, a playbook, a, an example of, of how you can build a business over time and have multiple exits. In fact, I think it was taken to the public markets a few years after I left. But I was involved a lot there in the strategic growth of that company, and um, that was an exit that was well and truly in the billions, uh, up over two billion, I believe. I can't exa- I can't remember the exact figure, and to be honest, I can't really say the exact figures of some of the exits I've been involved in for confidentiality reasons, as I'm sure you can appreciate. The last exit, the one that I'm going to talk about today, was in 2017, and that was a business called Ascend Learning, and that was another billion dollar exit. And I was the CEO of the international division of that business. And so what I want to go through today, is, as I said, a lot of you have asked me the question, what does it take to create a billion dollar exit with a huge amount of excitement and energy? And I'm just going to unpack the detail. I'm going to unpack the detail. Now, out of the 26 exits that I've been involved in, I've helped clients achieve, I've consulted on, the majority are in the eight and nine figure range. So these 10-figure exits are really at the premium level, the top level. But the cool thing is a lot of the aspects that make a 10-figure exit possible, a billion-dollar exit possible, you can apply to what you're trying to do in your business if you have the intention of creating a high-value exit at some point in the future. Okay, so I'm going to use Ascend Learning to frame the story, but really what I want to go through today with you is what I'm calling 10 important lessons from being involved in these billion dollar exits, okay? And it's not an exhaustive list. Let me let me just say that it's yeah, I could have probably gone on the 50 things, 50 lessons. I could have gone right into the detail. but these are some of the the ones that jump out that I think will also help and serve you as you're on your growth scale and exit journey. So the first thing I want to get into is that regardless of all the media and all the hype about unicorns, now remember a unicorn is a business that's valued at over a billion dollars, actually achieving a 10-figure exit is a special event. So you might see lots of businesses out there that are valued at you know over a billion dollars, but that doesn't mean that they've actually exited for over a billion dollars. And the first thing to understand here and appreciate really is that there is a big difference between a 10-figure valuation and a 10-figure exit. And I've seen lots of businesses get press, get media where they get these high valuations, but they never, ever achieve them. So the reason I put that there is as a lesson, or maybe just something to, to get you thinking, is that don't think that you have to go out and create one of these things to, to have an amazing life and experience, right? You know, quite often when i when i speak to very ambitious business owners entrepreneurs the first thing i get them clear on is is what's going to be, make the biggest difference to them okay so the second lesson the second thing is other than ego or status or simply achieving a big hairy audacious goal right a b hag as it's called You don't need to get near the billion dollar figure to change your life and the lives of others. In fact, if you sold your business for $10 million or 10 million pounds, if you're here in the UK, and you invest that money well, you know, it's not uncommon for you to be getting a monthly payment, if you like, an income of 60 to $70,000 or pounds per month. And I don't know too many people who need much more than that right? I know we would like more sometimes, but certainly if you want to kind of, you know, change your wealth position or create generational wealth, even an exit that's in that sort of low eight-figure range can do that, okay? that can create freedom, it can create wealth, it can create impact. So one of the first questions I ask my clients is, What is that life-changing number? Why does it matter? And is what you're doing now going to get you there? Because you know what? Even if the ambition is a billion dollars, you don't have to achieve a billion dollars on your first one, okay? Really important to think about that. Third point is a billion dollar exit revolves around solving billion-dollar problems. Now, I had Naveen Jain on the podcast recently, and he's he's done this a few times. He's had many billion-dollar-plus valuations, and right now he's solving a big problem in the healthcare industry. But when I think about billion-dollar problems, I'm thinking about energy, I'm thinking about education, I'm thinking about clean water, zero hunger, uh, big health issues, like I mentioned beforehand, diabetes, cancer. Now, with Ascend, with Ascend Learning, we focus on education aligned with health. You know, so we were educating nurses, fitness professionals, people who were having a big impact on the, on the state of people's health globally. And we were focused on educating them to the highest level. And what we integrated with that was data and technology. Okay. So we created an education technology business. So if you put all of those things together, we had a scalable business model. We also had a big problem we were solving, And that's why we created such a transformational exit when it was right to do so, okay? So think about your business right now. Sometimes it's not about starting something new, it's about looking at your business through a different lens. But if you can solve a big problem and you can do it in a scalable way, that does have a big impact on a high valuation. Okay, fourth lesson. 10-figure exits require capital, money, (laughs) finance, and experience and capability, capital and capability. So we were PE backed with Ascend Learning, all right? So we were already PE backed by a group called Providence out of New York City. So we had capital and then we sold the company to another PE um, firm, a bigger one called Blackstone uh, up there with the biggest private equity firms in the world. So when you look at that, we had a lot of capital to invest in our strategy and our growth plan, but we also had a blue chip team, right? We had great leaders in the business. And we had a great set of advisors in our deal team. So again, you can take this concept of capital and capability and you can scale it to whatever your ambition is, but you have to have resources to be able to create a transformational exit. And the bigger the exit, the more, the more those resources need to be absolutely there for you when you need them and dialed in. Okay, number five, a big valuation in any context, is really only two things. It is great financials and it is great intangible assets. Okay. Built over time so they can show sustainability and predictability. Okay. So some core words there. So firstly, great financials, what does that mean? Revenue and profit, margin. Great intangible assets, great people, great processes great understanding of your commercial engine and customers a fantastic brand fantastic culture strong values those sort of things now you build those over time you measure them so that they can become sustainable and predictable now we sold ascend for a big multiple a 14 times profit multiple and the profit when we sold at the time was in the hundreds of millions of dollars okay so it was a huge exit really in the in the market at the time And we also had an eight-year track record of predictable growth. Okay, so big multiples happen when you can draw a straight line, a clear line between performance today and performance in the future. And I often say, I've said it on the podcast before, but I'll reiterate the point again. When someone comes and buys a business for that sort of multiple, They're not buying the value today, they're buying the value in the future. And the more that you can demonstrate that 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 performance is going to continue in the future, the higher the valuation will be, okay? Getting there. Point six, lesson six. You also have to be able to show how value can be expanded or transferred. So remember, an exit is a transfer of value. So the more that you can show that it can um, expand into different markets, territories, or be transferred in different ways that also shows that there can be a change of ownership successfully. Okay. So there are lots of ways to do this. I'm not going to go through all of them today, but we did it with Ascend by acquiring internationally and we acquired internationally into the UK and that set of businesses was up what I headed up as CEO. So in many cases, you know, buying premier, which I was the CEO of and another business called active IQ was a demonstration that Ascend could create value internationally not just in its U.S. footprint, okay? So think about that in your business. You don't necessarily have to acquire, even though I'd suggest the quickest way to scale is to acquire strategic partnerships internationally into different customer segments, different geographic regions can also drive value, okay? Right, number seven. Now that you're kind of clear on value, your exit strategy is not something that happens a few months before you put your business up for sale. And I'm gonna say that again. Your exit strategy is not something that happens a few months before you put your business up for sale. It starts about 36 months before. Okay, 36 months before you hire an investment banker, before you have a broker or corporate finance representing the, the actual sales process. Now your exit run rate when your business is on the market is usually a nine to 12 month process because you've got to go out there and, and find suitable buyers. Now, if you listen to my advice, you should have done that within the 36 months. And a lot of the exits that I've been involved in, we've already signaled and pinpointed the acquirer you know, before we even go to market and we create an off-market opportunity. But you know, the way to think about this is that building value is a process that takes time. The first part of it is about protecting what you've got. The second part of it is about scaling the areas which are going to create value, particularly that financial value. And a lot of that is about dialing in your customer acquisition, so your marketing and how you do that. The second part of that is obviously acquisitive growth acquisitions, the stuff that is absolutely the playbook of private equity. But the key point here is don't rush an exit, okay? You know, if you want to create a big exit, regardless of it's billion dollars or whatever, you have to plan that out. And we were talking about the exit of Ascend Learning Literally years before the exit happens. We were talking about it all the time. Now, that was partly because we were in a PE environment, PE firm environment, but it's just good business practice to think about it anyway, okay? So, you know, regardless of your ambition, eight figures, nine figures, maybe it is 10 figures, the planning process is a longer period of time than perhaps you're thinking about right now. Okay, now the clients I work with, I often say to them, you know, build your deal team months, years before you're ready to go. And in fact, a couple of the clients I'm working with now, we're positioning an exit in about three years, three to five max. We're already building the M&A lawyer capability, the finance capability, the value um, and exit strategy capability now. So the decisions we make in the business to be able to increase the value over that time are the ones that are going to lead to the successful outcome. Okay, all straightforward. (laughs) Maybe not, right? But as I said, the the key line here is that the, the value that you create in your business happens a long time before you're actually for sale. Okay, number eight, positioning is vital. How you position your business when you go to market is vital. So don't be afraid also to change things if when you're testing the waters, the market feedback you're getting suggests that you haven't got it right. So I won't go through the specifics, but with Ascend, we did this. So we got the, the, literally the tap on the shoulder from our private equity firm saying, okay, it's time, time to sell. The market looks right. What you've created looks right. The numbers look right. So we went out to market. We had um, a corporate finance group from uh, Barclays representing us, but we didn't officially go to market. We went out there and just tested the water, as I said beforehand. And what we found is that we got some of the story, the narrative right, but some of it we didn't get right. And the thing that we hadn't played up enough, I think, was the data and the ability for us to be able to create things like adaptive learning and, and, the, and sort of customized approaches to people going through the various programs. And we had to literally then step back a bit and redo our information memorandum, our teaser, all these sort of things to change that narrative so that we could align with what the market expected to see okay so even though the business was the business you know it had the divisions it had the customers clients it had the all the stuff we were doing was the same the way we told the story was different and you know i'll go back to what I said at the very beginning you know a lot of these businesses that get a, a unicorn valuation you know a billion dollar plus valuation it's because their narrative is really good it's because their story is really good a lot of them haven't actually got the value yet in the business but people can see the pathway to that value and that is all about positioning Okay, we're almost there, number nine. Understand, fully understand the difference between price and terms. Sometimes selling your business or or accepting a lower offer is a better overall deal. Now what do I mean by that? What is price and what is terms? So in private equity, and I used to do this, so I know this intimately, uh, we will put an offer down And we'll quite often put an offer down, which is a very, very big price. And sometimes we'll put a price in front of an owner, which is more than they expect. But remember, we're looking at risk and we're looking at future value. And we make sure that we hedge our risk by making sure that the terms are favorable to us. And this is one of the key things that I say to, to business owners, to founders all the time, is if you don't understand how to navigate price and terms, you could end up in a situation where you regret the exit of your business. And terms is literally like, you know, what's your earnout? out? Uh, what do you have to do to, to achieve a certain amount of money paid over time? Um, can you compete and do something that you really want to do? Or are you locked in for three years? Because if you do anything that looks like it's going to risk the investment that the PE firm made, then you know what, you could have to pay back the money, right? Stuff like that. Now, I'm not saying this to scare people, but You really have to understand this. And this is why the whole exit strategy, exit planning stuff happens a long time beforehand. And I I tend to find that I'm educating founders and business owners more than anything else. As much as I'm advising, I'm educating them on the process and the pitfalls and what to to do when they get to these, these points where such critical decisions need to be made. Okay? Now, again, with the send Learning, we had different prices put in front of us, different offers. We in fact had seven offers. And then Blackstone decided to go into exclusivity, which means they put an offer in front of us that we said, yes, we want that. And it was a big offer. It was more than what our current private equity backers expected. But what was interesting over the next six months was that we had to negotiate the terms a lot. So we managed to achieve the price that was put in front of us, the offer, but the terms changed significantly over that. Certainly the ones that I had visibility of seeing. So that's just an example that even in the big deals, it's important, but it's super important when you're trying to sell your company, as I said, even if it's for eight or nine figures at some point. Okay, last lesson, number 10. And you might've got a sense of this actually, because I've been leading you to this through today's podcast. The principles that apply for a big exit, a billion dollar exit work equally well for the small ones. Okay, so even if your ambition is eight, nine, maybe it's seven, maybe you just want to sell your business. You know, the stuff that I'm talking about here is going to work for you regardless. Okay, they're lessons that I've learned from the big ones, but I've taken some of those lessons and I've applied them to the smaller ones as well. I'll leave you with a couple of things. Now, remember, remember this super important that if your business is doing under 10 million in revenue now in the US, you have a 20 percent chance of selling that business. And the reason for that is that the, the value is a little bit low to be able to open up some of the bigger capital markets. Okay, private equity, when you're getting into the sort of four to five million of profit, that's when you start to really open up mid-market private equity. So as you think about this episode, as I said, it may not be that your ambition is a billion dollar one, well, certainly your first one, but you need to get up to a certain amount of size and scale to make an exit possible. So these, these points I've made today, these lessons are going to be useful for you. Okay. Okay. Final couple of thoughts, just before I finish, make sure no matter where you are in your business, that when you are crafting an exit strategy, that you have your next act, what you're going to do after, after you're successful, well-defined. Okay. So a high value exit doesn't mean the end. And the number one reason a lot of exits don't go through is because the founder, the business owner gets cold feet because they don't know what to do next. Okay, so my advice is have that well crafted. It doesn't mean you have to go into business straight away once you've had this, you know, you can relax and whatever. But most of the the business owners that I've had the privilege of helping get to that point, get bored. And a lot of them go off and want to do something a little bit more philanthropic, but sometimes they just want to have different interests. So make sure you have that next act, as I call it, well defined before you start the sales process. In fact, you should be planning that within that 36 month window of your exit strategy. Okay. And last piece, because I get asked this all the time, so I thought, you know what, I'll put it out there. Did I make some money from the ascend sale, from that you know plus billion dollar exit? Yes, I did. I made a bit. <laughs> I'm going to give you the number. Uh, I joined the business about two years or so before the exit happened. So I wasn't there for the whole eight years where all the value was up there. So it's one of those situations that when you come into a business towards the end, you make a bit of money, don't get me wrong, but the people who have been there from the very beginning make more. But what I'll leave you with is this, it certainly wasn't the end of my story. You know, I didn't go off and just sit on a beach somewhere. And what I'm doing now here with you guys and my clients is much more rewarding and fulfilling. So that exit, it wasn't really about the money I made, it was about what it pushed me into doing, which is now helping founders, entrepreneurs, business owners create high value, exitable businesses. So there you go, hope you found that useful. I hope I've covered the answer that a lot of people have been asking me about these things. I hope I've demystified it anyway. But uh, if not, get in touch, ask some questions, happy to help. And as I always say, be grateful, be brave, have faith, show up. Bye for now. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Scale Up with Nick Bradley. If you enjoy the show just as much as I enjoy creating it for you, then I'd really appreciate you leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, why not subscribe to the channel so you never miss a future episode? It really helps me. It helps the show. Plus, it makes it easier for others to access the content that I'm producing week in and week out. And finally, if you want more information about anything you heard in today's show or to find out how you can get more help in scaling up your business and your life, click the link in the show notes now to learn about our coaching, mentoring, and mastermind programs. See you soon.